Hey guys and welcome to the Thoughts for Free podcast. This is a podcast that encourages thinking and discussion about everything. I try to normalize controversial topics, analyze topics that we as a society take for granted or are not willing to talk about. And in between all of that, I just want to have a nice conversation. A nice conversation won't be had in today's podcast as I'm doing the solo. I know, I know, it's just me, it's just me, but this podcast is inspired by something that came up in college. I study children's studies. One of the modules I do is called Children with Diverse Needs. In one of the classes, we analyze the story that I'm about to sort of summarize for you for context. Um, the story is great. It's kind of about children with diverse needs. It's a great message for teachers, but I kind of, I don't want to say I disagree with it, but I have kind of some questions at the end and sort of um, ways to discuss this further and explore the topic further and, and not kind of just say this is what all teachers should do but you know just kind of question things that the story is trying to kind of portray so it is kind of essential to understand the story first so I'm gonna um, I'm going to try and summarize it in the shortest way possible this is, this is quite a long story actually I'm gonna try and summarize it so essentially it is about a teacher his name is Mr. Green. He is sort of uh, about to start a new year of teaching. It's it's a new class, you know, new students. And he finds out, so the principal tells him that he's gonna have one student, his name is Evan, and he's gonna have a disability. He's gonna have an MID, which is a mild intellectual disability. So Mr. Green is, is quite nervous and, you know, is, is trying to look for help. He's He is quite a passionate teacher. He wants to look for new ways to teach his students. So when he found out that one of his students is gonna have a disability, he wants to tackle it in the best way possible. So he talks to his special needs teacher who says that he's very delayed and that she enjoys working with them. And, that, and that's kind of all she said. So this wasn't enough for him, you know, to sort of, like learn anything from them. He looked at the definition provided by the Ministry of Education. All he saw was words like disorder, below average intelligence, slow intellectual development, which are descriptive words for, you know, what this child is going through. But at the same time, no none of that helped him to teach him or help this kid in any way. So, so Mr. Green talked to Evan's previous teachers. They said things like, uh, very behind in all areas, don't expect much, give him easy things to do. So still not much. So he looked into books and it was the same story, you know, words like will not meet your needs, is very slow, you know, all these kind of negative terms. When the school year started, all that he heard before was beginning to happen right in front of him. Evan was fidgety, he kept losing focus, he, he just started falling behind right from the start. So Mr. Green was kind of surprised how accurate these descriptions were of Evan. One of the things Mr. Green had to do in class was to go through a novel. So the novel they picked um, was called Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes. I may be pronouncing this wrong, but essentially it's about a boy who was exposed to radiation during Hiroshima. He gets leukemia out of this, these events and he goes into hospital. In hospital then he tries to make 1000 origami paper cranes in accordance of this kind of Japanese legend that if you make a thousand paper cranes, the legend will grant your wish to life. So this kid is essentially, you know, sort of using these paper cranes to get out of this sickness that he got. It was very difficult for Mr. Green to get through this novel with Evan as he kept losing focus. He kept fidgeting with his hands under the desk. So Mr. Green kind of every class, he kept getting more frustrated with Evan. He would say things like, hands on the desk Evan stop fidgeting I need to see your hands blah, blah blah so on and so forth so this would disrupt the class further kind of making Evan as a different student you know people would get kind of annoyed that he's constantly kind of getting in trouble and disrupting the class and all that he would be seen as an other so this continues 
it's kind of getting worse as Mr. Green is getting upset that he can't do anything about it. You have to remember that Mr. Green, uh, this is kind of my summary of it, but in the story, Mr. Green is portrayed as this very intelligent person that has this drive to be like the best teacher ever, but he just can't crack this one. So he, you know, he tries all these methods, you know, they don't work. He, he tries to break down his work into little segments. He tries to give him less work, but he gets to a point where he can't give him any less work because then he won't be doing anything. So he, you know, Mr. Green, is getting quite frustrated with how things are with Evan. But one day Evan asks about the paper cranes that are in the novel that they're doing. And he sort of asks Mr. Green if we could, they could make these paper cranes in class. So Mr. Green is kind of hesitant because Evan isn't really doing well in class, so he doesn't want to like encourage bad behavior by a reward, if you get me. So like the the paper like agreeing to his request of making the paper cranes could be seen as like a reward. So Mr. Green's kind of hesitant, but he, he promises that they will do it next week. So Mr. Green goes home and tries to make paper cranes himself to sort of like prepare for this, but he like fails miserably, like he just can't make them. So that adds to Mr. Green's kind of nervousness to run the class, but also his kind of confusion as to like, well, does Evan deserve of this in the first place so so he's just not sure if if this is the right thing to do but he comes into class and you know, the, the news spread that they're going to do this, so everyone's kind of expecting to do it. So next week comes, the class starts. Mr. Green is kind of walking around to see how everyone's doing with the paper cranes. Um, so he, he kind of walks away from Evan's desk, but, but um, after like a minute, he kind of wants to come back and see how Evan is doing. Surprisingly enough, Evan is not in his table, so he's like, oh, where is he off to? He's probably dosing or kind of lost interest in the paper cranes already. But he actually sees that Evan is at a different table um, helping another student out trying to make the paper cranes. So Mr. Green looks back at Evan's desk and sees this perfectly made paper crane and uh, he's just you know in shock and uh, this continues and, and Evan ends up like helping the whole class and then ends up standing in front of the class teaching everyone how to make these paper cranes in a very kind of understanding way he's he was very like patient and encouraging he wasn't like oh look at me this is what I do he was kind of like oh you did that well all you need to do is just do this one more thing and he'd be supportive in the way like oh you're doing really well and you know saying things like that so he really showed that he could he really kind of showed like some teacher tendencies there later that day Mr. Green sort of like sits down in, in Evan's desk and is like you know this doesn't match like everything that he heard before about Evan you know it doesn't match to what happened today like all the negative stuff that he heard about no one said that Evan can do this and so he really started thinking and then he started looking through his desk looking through his journal um he you know he found a couple of things um what the main thing that he found is like um just a huge sort of collection of paper cranes or just any kind of works with paper under Evan's table and sort of uh, Mr. Green then realizes that that's what Evan was doing. He was fidgeting under his desk, but he was kind of like making all these paper cranes. And he, he kind of felt silly that he didn't know that, you know, he had this kind of hidden talent or whatnot. So he kind of continues in his thinking. Like he was like all the comments from all the, you know, medical books, all his previous teachers did not match what Mr. Green saw that day. So it kind of changes his way of thinking. He he sort of saw like potential in Evan. It wasn't anymore someone that is a slow learner. It was, it was someone that was a different learner. And this kind of changed a lot. He thought about Evan and he sort of looked for ways to communicate and teach Evan in these ways and um, things were still sort of getting be, you know difficult in class and but they were getting kind of better and uh, this whole situation gave Mr. Green perspective it kind of changed him in a way as he started to look for things that students are good at not things that students can't do which is like sort of what the system the educational system does it kind of focuses on things that people can't do it's like oh you need help with this you need help with that but what about the things that you know students are good at you know the, the main story is, is a lot longer than that I, I know I've kind of took my time to summarize it in, in kind of enough enough detail 
but the story is really long and it sort of shows how frustrated Mr. Green was with his progress and then how this one thing really like changed what he thought about this kid with um, with this disability. You know, it's, it's a great message about having patience with people, looking for, you know, different ways of teaching your students, looking at the things that people are good at. You know, it, it's all great, right? Um, so I want to sort of move on to like some of the analysis and the thoughts that I have on the story and sort of its meaning and things like that. Now, the, the context context is kind of important that this was shown in our classroom to show like what we should do as teachers. We should look at Mr. Green and his transformation and sort of be like, you know, that, that that's something we should be doing. Or at least that's kind of what, like what I got. Maybe that wasn't the intent of the teachers, but that's what they, they wanted, like to show you that this is something that's possible, this is something that you should aim towards, right? So from my numerous works in different schools and things like that, what I kind of get when it comes to these situations is that the public view is that, you know, teachers have a tough. Kids, you know, are really mean and they're hard to teach so it's, it's kind of blaming the child like the child that you know the bully it's the bully's fault that like you know he's mean like he's the problem like he should be kind of like it's so so tough for the teacher to teach because of these kids you know with disabilities or with just these very annoying personalities or personalities that are really hard to teach or whatnot and I think the view of the course that I'm in it's that the system is at fault so the way the classrooms are set up the way the teachers teach you know how much patience they have how much willingness to look for different methods so essentially it's blaming the system and the teacher so it's kind of flipped so what my course is trying to do is to sort of flip the normal view of how you know you look at teachers and schools and the educational system and instead of blaming these kids is to take a step back and look at the system and, and see if it's true so both of these views may be true in a lot of things it could be argued that what happened to Mr. Reen was very lucky and, and rare so everything had to line up in a perfect way for him to sort of go through this transformation so you know his personality had to be the way it was for this all to work so he was a very curious and kind of hard-working person so there's a I know there's a lot of hard-working teachers out there but he specifically had this drive and this curiosity to look for all these methods and that way he kind of like hit a wall and got like kind of discouraged which kind of played a part in his transformation as well because a lot of times that's an important part it seemed like it was an important part that he was just about to get discouraged and then he found this thing so he really latched onto it it was like you know this last kind of chance for him which is why he you know went all in so much on this and sort of used it right and all the comments that he got from all you know the, the negative comments that he heard from uh, the teachers from you know the books whatnot you know motivated him to sort of prove these people wrong or to you know to change the system afterwards as we see at the end of the story he starts to kind of look at the the positive things of students and uh, I didn't mention that in the story but then he he ends up like talking to other teachers and encouraging this kind of you know this way of thinking so he sort of like starts this movement in his school and all this led by you know him being curious him getting the comments in the first place they were important to kind of go back to those people and be like hey you know look at this way but also what really had to happen so all those things have had to happen for him to get to that point but the main thing is the paper crane story because that really jumped out for me from the start when I when I read this story so if it wasn't for the paper crane story I feel like Evan would still be that child who fidgets who loses focus you know he's not a leader he's not a teacher because you could argue that after seeing him teach the whole class you could argue that you know he's got some leadership skills he's got some teaching skills in him like and all that but what if they covered a different book what if it wasn't the paper crane does it mean that you know no book equals no change I don't know it's, it's sort of the question that I had the book allowed Mr. Green to look at the situation differently it allowed him to find out that Evan fidgets under his table not just fidgets and not just lose interest but he fidgets to make these paper cranes something that allowed him to 
transfer his thoughts through this medium not writing or or any other mediums that are accepted by the school because something i didn't add like i'm really sorry but the story is kind of big and it has a lot of minor details in there that are very important no they're not minor but the small details that are very important and essentially all the paper cranes he would do would be like to do with certain classes that uh, mr green would ask people to write about instead evan would like make paper cranes out of them out of like so, so they would be asked to write a journal but instead he would make like a paper crane thing to represent the class or represent that topic but mr green would never find out he would always just be no I, I can't say that right but you can definitely question like where this situation would go so like we already saw before the paper crane we saw that Mr. Green was getting really frustrated so if, if we were to just continue with the natural cycle and if he was to never find out that Evan has this talent or this passion or this way of learning then he would just continue to get more frustrated and at the end of the year if he was asked to sum up Evan in a few sentences for the next teacher that is going to be teaching him he would probably say like you know he fidgets he loses focus you know he he's going to be really behind don't expect much so he would just continue the cycle so i think it can be argued that it's a bit miss i think it can be argued that it's a bit unfair to say that look at this great teacher he went through this change i think it's a bit unfair to sort of say that he is accountable for that huge change there's a lot of different things that had to align perfectly for this to happen which is actually an idea that's called determinism and this idea of determinism questions if this was only possible because everything lined up or perhaps this is how things were meant to be or does mr green deserve the credit for what he did you know so determinism sort of strips away the credit of individuals of the, the good things or the bad things that they do determinism is this idea that everything is determined it's lined up that's the way it's going to happen that's how you're going to react so in this case because he was curious that's the reason i brought up the personality thing because if he wasn't curious maybe he, he you could still be hard working and not curious right so mr green could be hard working in the way that he would read all the articles he would read all the advice he would get from other teachers and just be like okay i can't expect much from this student um, he's going to be behind okay I'm going to work hard and try and you know sort of fix that or play along with that but I'm not going to like look outside the box but but he did because he was curious so the reason so so he was able to sort of look for all these other options because he was curious so if he didn't have that personality from when he was younger or when he was born then this determined outcome wouldn't exist it'd be something else it would be him getting to the end of the year and realizing that you know this student in fact fidgets he loses focus and all that but then also the comments drove him to sort of create this new system because the negative comments of the teachers that previously thought evan motivated him to go back to those teachers and be like hey look that was also part of this determined plan but also the book think of like the chance that that they would stumble upon a book that has paper cranes you know what i mean like so most stories won't have paper cranes like 99 percent of stories won't have the topic of paper cranes in them so what are the chances also what are the chances of him being curious what are the chances of anything you know what are the chances of this particular student having this particular disability so these are all kind of questions that you would sort of ask from a deterministic uh, viewpoint which is something i really wanted to kind of bring up through this page it was one of the things that kind of motivated me to start this so i kind of wanted to introduce you guys to this topic and it's sort of it's nice to introduce you from this story what if it was a different book what if the teacher had a different personality what if it was a different child these are all questions that came to my head after reading the story and more questions that came to my head after reading the story is like how can we judge other teachers that are not doing so well so one of the things we do in our course and we just do in our everyday lives because we're in this course and i'm sure other people do it as well is we we look at teachers that 
snap easily or don't have as much patience or simply seem like they're just not that passionate or whatnot, right? And they're not dealing well with certain students um, with disabilities or not disabilities, with diverse needs or, or whatnot. And we sort of look at them and judge them, be like, well, you, you should be more patient. Like if you want to be a teacher, you should be passionate. And it's an interesting question, I think anyways. What if those teachers that you're calling not passionate, not hardworking, maybe they're waiting for their paper crane moment, right? What if their paper crane moment is like the next day that you see them? What if it's in like five years time? You know what I mean? With Mr. Green, it happened now with the story. But what if like it was a different book and he missed it then? Well, maybe his personality would make him still curious, would, would, would maintain his curiosity and he would still look for other ways. But maybe that would take him like 10 years, maybe five, maybe 12. You don't know what, what would have happened if it wasn't for this book or if it wasn't for other things. And so I found it interesting that it's very hard for me now to, after that, reading that story and being exposed to this perspective, it's hard for me to like judge teachers out there that are struggling because I don't know where they're at in their career. I don't know what they've went through, how much they've tried already. You know, things like that that um, are kind of interesting to consider. Um, I wonder what you guys think about this. I wonder if the points I'm bringing up, do they resonate with you? Do you disagree with them? Do you think that he deserves all the credit? Does he deserve none of the credit for this change? And what do you think is sort of the right way of approaching it? So I mentioned this, there's these different views on this topic. So the public view is, you know, saying that the kids are tough and they're the problem. And then the, my course's view is that the system and the school is the problem. What what is your take on that? Where is the middle ground? Or or do we just side with one of those things? Because obviously both affect the experience of, you know, those students, those teachers, and all, all this, the rest of the students as well. Um, I think there's a lot of questions in the story. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want the full story as well. I can probably send it on to you. Kind of curious uh, to see if we can um, sort of discuss this topic a bit more. And uh, I am looking forward to bringing up determinism a bit more on Toss for Free, um, because I think it's super, super interesting. And uh, I would love love to learn more about it and expose myself to different viewpoints as I have a huge bias of believing in determinism so this is kind of a concept I actually talked to one of you guys about recently this topic of uh, beliefs and how we kind of take them for granted and um, so I definitely have this bias of believing in determinism that it's just true yeah so the way to combat it is make stuff like that uh, make stuff like what I did what I just did there this podcast put it out there have people sort of um, say what they think about it and just explore it more with other people explore it more with different viewpoints, which is what I'm trying to do. I recently, or not recently, but a few months ago, I read a book about um, free will and how we do have it, which is like the, the, the argument against determinism. But anyway, I'm just yapping about. So I'm going to end it there. Um, get in touch with me about any of the questions that you have. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think and happy thinking guys thank you so much oh yes and before i go i have just a th three announcements so uh this platform is actually what i wanted to do with the platform is kind of have an outlet for my own thoughts and i'm sort of like realizing that i should do a bit more of that um because I'll, I'll enjoy it and hopefully that will translate into the content that it'll feel a bit more authentic and kind of passionate and whatnot right give me topics that maybe you want me to like uh you know read a book uh watch a video or immerse myself in a topic and then do a solo podcast on i'm kind of looking forward to doing a bit more of these i like preparing for them and all that as well number two is thoughts for free as a merch store yay hopefully you've seen um some of the photos that i've put up about the merch store so we have t-shirts mugs stickers the stickers are only about three euro so if you want to kind of support 
support the podcast in the cheapest way possible, it would be to buy a sticker, stick it on your laptop, stick it on a book, stick it on a bag or something just to show the support. Spread the logo around. Um, people will be like, oh, that's a that's a sick logo. Let me uh, let me look that up, right? T-shirts are 19 and they come in 16 different colors. Yes, the thoughts are free, but the merch isn't. I'm really sorry about that. And number three is if you want to support and just not pay anything, right? You listening to this part is like, enough right so if you're listening to this don't feel like you need to do anything else you're supporting already you're listening to the podcast right and i really appreciate that because essentially like this platform that this is what i made it for i didn't initially i didn't make it for like the views or whatnot um or the fame but i made it to one enjoy it right so it's like a creative outlet that i can just enjoy and then two it it hopefully is like a place where I can drop some thoughts in or other people can drop their thoughts into and we can have a discussion. So in a way, I do need people. I do need followers. I look at my follower count, right? But for different reasons. I don't look at it for oh, having a lot of followers. I look at it for, well, more followers equals more opportunities for people to give their thoughts into. That's what I look into. I, I look at the engagement. I, lo- I love the engagement. That's what I do. I do focus on that. And I know I probably shouldn't even on that, but I do. And uh, so that's me. Um, yeah, so if you want to support without paying a cent uh watch listen to the podcast right you can share it with a friend so perhaps one of the podcasts you've listened to before or this one you think maybe um one of your friends will enjoy it share it with them you know or recommend someone you know like one of your friends to come on the podcast i'd I'd be willing to talk to anyone open to talk to anyone or message someone you watch online about this podcast so they can come on and it doesn't matter their follower account right it could be like some low-key kind of local celebrity right but it can be someone much bigger because you'd be surprised how much people like to talk and they'll come on a podcast it'll get an invite or if like one of their followers messages them about a certain podcast then they'll be they'll be like okay i might give it a go so um yeah those are my announcement for today thank you so much for listening see ya